Welcome to the pulse that moves the triangle world today. This one-size-fits-all broadcast is a vibrant collection of stories, medical breakthroughs, helpful tips, what's trending, events, and boundless other adventures. It's a conversation pit of comedians, politicians, authors, chefs, sports figures, experts, the common and the uncommon. Here's the host of Triangle 411, Mary Inspreffer. Hi, friends. Today we have with us Jessica McDonald, soccer player for the North Carolina Courage of the National Women's Soccer League, the highest division of women's professional soccer in the United States. Welcome, Jessica. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Jessica represented the United States at the Women's World Cup Tournament in 2019, and they crushed it. This soccer forward has a proven record of goal scoring. In fact, she was the first NWSL player to reach 33 regular season goals. And 2017-2018, McDonald's goals and assists helped North Carolina Courage to two National Women's Soccer League Shields. Of course, this didn't happen overnight or without struggles, so just briefly, let's Talk about some of the challenges you face getting your life goals into the net. So just a little brief again, tell us a little bit about growing up in Arizona. Yeah, I grew up in the blazing heat of of Glendale, Arizona. Um, I was the only girl growing up, so I was always a boy up until I was about 13, 14 years old. And back then there was no, no iPads you know, things like that to keep us busy indoors. So we were always outside playing, playing some type of sport or being very active outside with our, with our neighborhood friends or, or school friends. And so, um, you know, so I guess just competing and um, just kind of being active has always been a lifestyle of mine. It was sort of instilled in me from day one because, you know, I have all my cousins who are pretty much my best friends at the time. And, you know, I just wanted to be around them all the time. I wanted to be one of the boys. And so, you know, if they were out there playing football, I needed to be just as rough and tough and not cry. And, you know, I, I really had to live that sort of underdog life growing up. And with that being said, um, you know, just sort of having having those little things as a little girl, um, you know, it's really shaped me into the athlete that I am today. And so... I was able to dabble into all different types of sports growing up. I mean, like, you name it, I did it. And the one, like, one of the fewest sports I actually didn't try out for was swimming. And I just had this, um, I just had this new meeting with a club swim team. And it was kind of strange. I was kind of scratching my head, like, I don't really relate to you guys too much. I'm not <laughs> sure what I'm supposed to say here to keep you guys motivated. <laughs> swimming pools are closed whereas you know i'm still able to get outside and train on my own during quarantine but with that being said yeah i i grew up um just dabbling into everything keeping myself busy because you know at at the time you know technology wasn't as good as it is now and so we didn't rely on it as much and so um the only way we were able to keep busy um outside of our home was obviously just to be outside and, and be active and so i i still enjoy that that part of my life still to this day, being outside, being on the soccer field, and just being active and competitive. 
So I think why those people invite you is because you're so motivational. Like I just took a brief look at um, some of your history and there was a time when you had an injury requiring two years of rehabilitation. I mean, you just were getting going and then that, well, it could have set you back, but it didn't. Tell us about that time. Yeah, so... I fully ruptured my patellar tendon when I was 22 years old. I was a rookie in the WPS, which was before the NWSL, the Women's Professional Soccer League. And so um, with that being said, I had my first start this year. It was toward the end of the season. I was super pumped. You know, I'm a rookie and um, no contact happened. And, you know, over time, my knee sort of deteriorated before that had happened. And so I didn't, I didn't know that was happening, obviously. And so, um, yeah, it fully ruptured. And then my surgeon told me that, you know, I had this very small chance of, of playing at, at the highest level again. And what he meant by that was my, my ability to, um, you know, kind of keep my speed. He said that I'm going to lack speed, which is one of my strengths. And, you know, I probably won't be able to jump as high. You know, any any type of explosive things, like supposedly my knee is supposed to prevent me from doing so. And so um, at first I, I accepted the fact that you know, physically I was just, I'm not supposed to be a professional athlete. And so that was devastating news to me. And the reason for it is what I was saying before, I grew up being active. It's what I know. It's the only thing that I know. And when I can't do it at my fullest capability, it's going to be frustrating that that was a really hard news to receive. And it was a two year recovery. I had to pretty much reconstruct my entire quad muscle. And so felt good. I ended up pregnant with my son during recovery. And, um, you know, this is probably one of the most insane things that I've been telling people. And, you know, it, it sounds so unbelievable, but I truly believe that, you know, everything really does happen for a reason. And what I mean by that is, I ended up pregnant with my son during my recovery, and he was a surprise. He wasn't planned, but with that being said, I had my son, and then my body felt absolutely incredible. I started training again. I'm coaching at this point, and I accepted the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm transitioning into just outside life of being a professional athlete. So I'm, I'm coaching at this point, but I'm also training just to stay in shape, and, you know, I still love the game, and I'm going to do what I can to just to, just play for fun. And so um, I truly believe that my pregnancy with my son helped heal me in a very positive manner because my body's never felt this great. My body looks better now than it did when I was 18 years old. And my body feels better from when in comparison to when I was 18 years old. And so it's so insane to say that my, I think having my son is completely transform my body in a very positive way maybe he gave me a little bit of that testosterone and you know i i was able to kind of truck it along after that and so i i truly believe that's something that had happened that you know i i'm just like physically not supposed to be where i am today but i truly believe after my pregnancy with my son has like completely changed that well see here i am and, and see that's that there again is that positivity um because one of the things people might have saw as a challenge that you've accepted as something positive in your life is being a mom on a team with colleagues. I think at one point you were the only mom and some of the, some of the colleagues being even in their teens and here you are a mom. 
And that didn't deter you. It excelled you. Absolutely. And I've been loving every moment of this journey. I, I shouldn't say every moment. Cause obviously, we all have our hardships and, and tough times. But, you know, we're all just looking back at all of that. You know, it's it's very rewarding at the end of the day. And here my son is. He gets to he gets, he gets to witness, you know, a lot of it. And he's going to remember it for the rest of his life, which is also a very important thing for me is to share this with him, show him what it's going to take in order to be successful at whatever it is that you want to do. And so um, I'm just happy that I'm able to give him that example. Yes, that just is absolutely wonderful. Um, so anything else that you faced along the way? I mean, um, I know for some people in the profession, finances can be difficult, although I'm hoping that's turning a corner now. Yeah. Um, so when the NWSL came about, which was eight years ago, my son's eight years old. So I've been in the NWSL since day one. And with that being said, I've been a mom in the NWSL since day one. And my first five years here in this league, I got traded to six different teams in five years with my son by my side. Wow. And so it got the most difficult for me, more on a fine, not just on a financial level. At the time, I was only making between like 15 and 20 grand a, a season and with, with my son. And so daycare was out of the question. So I was, my entire paycheck. And with that being said, when I was getting traded multiple times year after year, I even played for two teams in one season with my son by my side, was trying to find that new support system, trying to find a new babysitter in a whole new, not just city, but an entire new state where I know nobody. You know, most of these places, I didn't know anybody wow. and so here i am trying to find somebody else to watch my kid while i'm at training and then there were days he had to sit in a stroller as a toddler or as a one-year-old sitting in a stroller at my training session because i couldn't find anybody or the simple fact that i couldn't even afford daycare and you know that really took some blood sweat and tears to push through because at the same time you know i'm working full-time jobs in the off season just to make ends meet at one point I was packing boxes at Amazon for 11 and a half hours a day just to obviously feed us and and take care of my son as well. And so it, it dawned on me that I I didn't know if being a professional soccer player at the time was, was worth it, especially on a financial level. That was very frustrating, but just trying to find a whole new support system. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have to get up and move with my kid again, man. Okay. All right, next place. All right, Portland, let's go. Okay, mm. trade again. All right, Houston, let's go. Okay, all right, you guys. This, this has got to be like the last straw. No one wants me for longer than a season where I finally find a new babysitter or find someone yeah. that I trust to watch my kid and I have to up and move again. Oh. My goodness. And I, I was so close to doing an account a few times because that, that was the most frustrating part. But I'm happy that I gutted through it because North Carolina Courage is the first team that I've ever played on for longer than a season. I call this home. This is where my alma mater is. I went to the University of North Carolina. And so I, all my resources are here. My support system's all set. I have a nanny. You know, I have people here that I, I know, love, and trust. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm finally comfortable. And so just looking back, I'm like, oh, my goodness. I can't believe I went through all of that with Jeremiah <laughs> by my side. Like, my poor little buddy. I'm happy that... 
he won't remember those days at least. Yeah. But he remember the good ones now <laughs> moving forward. So yeah. Yeah, what what a journey. But I'm gonna say in the end, it was all worth the effort because now close your eyes. We're in France. The United States just won the twenty nineteen Women's World Cup and a two to zero finish over the Netherlands. Rocket, take us on that field, Jessica, at that moment. Yeah, it was absolutely a dream come true. It wasn't just a dream come true to make the World Cup team, because obviously that was just like my goal in life. And so to meet that goal, I mean, it was absolutely amazing. But as soon as that whistle blew when we beat the Netherlands, it was just like this rush of emotion. It was like relief. It was happiness. It was just, you know, all those positive emotions kind of rushing all at once because the 23 players on that roster, with myself included, we worked our tails off leading into that tournament. Like, people have no idea the blood, sweat, and tears that we put into every camp leading into that tournament and peaking at the right time. So all the hard work, the grind, um, you know, the the hot days, the hard days, you name it. We, we had that. And we went through battles every single day, pushing each other day in and day out to make sure we were going to succeed as a team. And to do that, it was very rewarding to go out there and celebrate with my 23 best friends because, you know, we, we fought hard with and for one another leading into that whistle being blown. And so, um, like I said, it was just very rewarding. And then I was able to celebrate those moments too with, with my son after the game. And, you know, he's, he's picking up confetti and, and throwing in on all of us, <laughs> on all the players. And, you know, we, we also got to share that moment together. And so it was just a cherry on top to obviously have him out there um, witnessing something historical and not just witnessing it, but also being a part of it. How sweet of him. You, you mentioned being with friends. Any interesting exchanges with uh, your cup colleagues like Alex Morgan or Megan? About what? I'm sorry? Like any fun or interesting exchanges with some of the players like Morgan or Megan, um, you know, just e either in practice or that day. I don't know. Sometimes funny things happen. And no matter how intense you are in training, all of a sudden there's a, a light moment or something. Any kind of story that you could share? Oh, yeah. Where do I even start? <laughs> I think, uh, you know, before games, you know, we, we have the people who sit in our lockers silent sometimes with headphones on and you know we'll also have music blaring in the locker room you know there are some people dancing and then here's crystal dunn you know still has all this energy after playing six games in the world cup 90 minutes and so here she is just dancing and kind of keeping us entertained in the locker room like she always is and so you know that's always like such a great start leading into games and so um you know that's definitely going to be a memory that's going to be stuck in my mind is obviously crystal dunn being someone like an entertainer in the locker room and megan rapino will join and emily sonnet will join so it's just nice to obviously have you know those sort of class clowns leading into games and so uh yeah i, I think you know we definitely have some entertainers outside of soccer within mm -hmm. our locker room <laughs> a second career maybe <laughs> exactly 
Exactly. <laughs> I like that you're sharing some of the behind the scenes with us, you know, like what was it like on the field and what was it like with the colleagues? And, you know, that's the kind of thing that you never see reported anywhere. Absolutely. And it's important to have that kind of balance. You know, you don't want to be serious all the time. That's very stressful. And so you always need that, that good balance of, of players who are, who are willing to be goofy sometimes, who are willing to entertain the team with some of their dance moves. And Crystal Dunn definitely, definitely brings, um, you know, that, that sort of positivity amongst the team, you know, her along with a bunch of other players. And so it's just a nice balance of, of different personalities on the team. So other than the cup, what were maybe two other highlights in your career? I would have to say um, one being the 2018 NWSL championship. Um, I scored two goals. We beat Portland Thorns 2-0, and I ended up making – I ended up being uh, championship MVP that year. And so I think after that game, my – my career kind of came at a turning point in a positive direction because, you know, weeks later I get called into national team camp and that's preparation for the world cup. And, um, you know, I will always cherish that the 2018 season and, and that championship game as well. And so, um, and then my second memory would be the 2009 NCAA championship. Um, we beat Stanford in the championship. I was University of North Carolina and um we won one zero and ended up scoring the only goal in the game. And so that goal was like a really cool moment mm. for me at, at the collegiate level, especially at the national championship. So yeah. Something to savor for sure. Yeah. <laughs> So I know, you know, people just love, love, love this sport, and they'd like to have a little insight about what's going on with the whole COVID type thing. Like, um, you know, are you being able to social distance train? You know, what what's the thought on playing games? Can you give us an update on the future for this? Yeah, so um, the NWSL will be announcing something pretty soon here. I can't really give you details. Um but I think the fans will really like it. But with that being said, um, yeah, we've been able to train in pairs here in North Carolina, whereas I know other cities in the, in the NWSL aren't clear to do that. They're still a stay-at-home order. But I'm happy that we are able to train in pairs at least. And, um, you know, we social distance that way, I guess you could say. Yeah. You know, really have one other player with us training. And so our coach... Head coach Paul Riley, he sends us drills and, and things to do for that training session. And now he's allowed to be out there, but obviously at a distance. And so, um, it's just kind of nice to see my teammates, but kind of from afar, you know, we're all kind of spread out on the field in our own little, little section with our partners training. So, you know, we're, we're grinding it out right now and we've been able to do so over the, over the last month, month and a half. But, you know, I'm kind of excited to push forward next week into phase two and that's when we're able to train in I think groups of eight if I remember correctly it's like six or eight people that are allowed to train together so it's gonna be nice to be in a bigger group and not just with one person um I'm pretty sure my partner's probably sick of me by now (laughs) which is Abby Dahlkemper but um obviously our our training sessions are just so high intensity and, and good quality but it'll just 
be even more amazing when once we add more people into our sessions next week. So is this going to be a sport like so many other are proclaiming that we'll play the games, but there'll be no fans? Yeah, I think that's going to be our safest bet. Um, Nothing set in stone, but I think that's kind of what we will be leaning towards because that is kind of defeat the purpose of of obviously trying to move forward and um, social distance the best way that we can. So, um, yeah, it it wouldn't be ideal to have fans there, but um, hopefully, um, you know, in the future, we're able to obviously get a fan base, um, obviously, when, if our games are being televised or, or live streamed, then, you know, hopefully that'll just bring in, um, you know, more people who are going to be entertained by the game. You know, there's all kinds of campaigns out there about instead of watching from the, you know, the main seats, you're watching from your couch seat, but you're still a fan. And there's different sports that are like, okay, still buy all the merch. And still, you know, get your finger were number one and just do it from your couch and keep that enthusiasm as a fan that you had going, even if it's from the, you know, couch seats instead of stadiums, which I thought was really cool. But there's another thing there. I just wanted to touch base again, but I had seen something mentioned for you, the Women's Olympic Qualifying Tournament and the She Believes Cup. Yeah, um, we finished those up. Which was which were very successful. We ended up winning both, and uh, obviously those two are very incredible experiences amongst my career. And so, uh, you know, I'm just very proud of this team. How how dominant you know they've been since, since day one, and it's just so nice to be a part of it. And um, yeah, I'm happy we were able to squeeze those in before before COVID like mm-hmm. really hit. And so if, if we weren't able to play either tournament, obviously life would have been a little more boring, but the simple fact we were able to get some games in beforehand, um, you know, I'm not really complaining too much. Well, let's hope this is, you know, <laughs> things will come around. We can't really say it'll end. It's not like tomorrow we're going to get up and it's going to be gone no matter who decrees what, but um, hopefully get back to some kind of, normalcy and back to our sports, including soccer. And we always end the program with a segment called last words. And you have the floor for that. What are your last words? Um, for whoever's listening out there, just know that we're all in this globally. If, if you're an athlete and missing out on your season or, or tryouts or just being in your team environment, hang in there. Um, this is a very, very good time for you to work on your craft, work on your strength, work on your strengths, and work on your weaknesses as well. While we have all this time on our hands, there's 24 hours in a day. If you truly love what you do and you're very passionate about making it to the next level, then right now is a very good time for you to work on that on your own or with a partner even. You don't even have to be close to each other. You can still social distance and, and train together. And with that being said, um, grind it out, hang in there. And, um, you know, we're all adjusting to this very odd new normal, but, um, yeah, the only way we can look is up from this point on. Great. Well, thank you so much for taking some time with us today. It's been very enjoyable. Yes, no problem. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Time for the nonprofit spotlight. 
Founded in Raleigh in 1967, the Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals of Wake County, SPCA Wake, is an independent 501c3 animal welfare organization and shelter. They provide programs including spray-neuter assistance, affordable access to basic pet vaccines and preventative care, delivery of pet food and supplies for homebound low-income seniors, professional pet behavior assistance, and disaster relief and response efforts. Between July 2018 and June 2019, the SPCA of Wake County took in close to 4,000 homeless pets. You can make a donation or get more information at spcawake.org. spcawake.org. Well, it's time to high five and say goodbye. Thanks for joining us via Apple, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google, etc. or at our website, triangle411.buzzsprout.com. Com. This is Mary Innsbrucker for Triangle 411. Today, dot, 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 show your pet you care.